All right, Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Dusty Grant, singer, songwriter, guitarist based out of Wichita. I've been excited to share this episode. Um, my conversation with Dusty was really rad. Um, he's a really down to earth, got to put the work in type guy. And like when you do in a creative outlet, such as music or whatever, you, there, there's nothing but work and nothing but self reflection. And uh, I don't know, sometimes when I bring that up with certain people, they don't really get into that process because it's, it's a difficult one. But Dusty jumped in right with me. So this is a really, I, I was very inspired by this conversation. I think you guys will be as well. Dusty has a few new singles out, one of the newest of which being called When It All Crashes Down, and the post-newest of which being called Oceans. Now these two stand out because of his first, they're his first with his band. For a long, long time, he would do solo dolo acoustic, and uh, now he's got a group. And the group is well, well refined and tight. We're going to listen to Oceans, and you should go check out When It All Crashes Down on any streaming platform.
Oceans, Dusty Grant, uh, on all streaming platforms. Make sure you check out the latest single when it all crashes down. Like, when I hear that, that's like some radio-ready stuff. Like, that's something I can hear. Like, I, I don't know. I can hear that. That's where it should be. It should be on the radio all the time. Um, anywho, uh, quick update with uh, my shenanigans. I play in a band called C-Level, letter C-Dash, if you're new to the podcast. Um, we are a funk-punk reggae rock group who plays a lot of uh, open-tuned guitar-style things, on acoustic guitars, through electric amps. Um, I know it's a lot, um, at least in the description. But uh, you might dig it if you dig guitar stuff. Anywho, um, last uh, last week we were supposed to open for Yellow Man. That show got canceled. Uh, if you bought tickets, make sure you hit up the Grog Shop. They will refund you. Um, Yellow Man uh, canceled all his July dates. And um, what was cool about... Going into this conversation you're about to hear now, this was right before I opened up for John Doe. And I was getting kind of in my head about opening up for someone you admire. Like, uh, when you do something long enough, eventually you get a yes or two. And this is right before we got our, our yeses. Yeah, you can be local sport. And, um, you know, you work really hard to get to this point. And at one point, Dusty gives gives me this amazing, amazing advice that really, really made me check myself before going into the the John Doe, Doe uh, John Doe gig, and if you're hip to John Doe, I did an interview with John Doe a few episodes back. He's the frontman of that legendary punk band X, and he has a folk trio. I opened up for his folk trio at the Music Box Supper Club earlier in June. Um, anywho, all that being said, if you got Yellow Man tickets and you didn't get refunded, make sure you hit up the Grog Shop that will refund you. And as far as what C level has going on, C dash level. Um, we are opening, or no, we are playing at the Bop Stop July 21st for Hip Hop at the Bop Stop. And you're like, well, in that description you said, and you said a bunch of genres, but you didn't say hip hop. Um, that's because we don't really do hip hop, but we do hip hop when, when, when we're asked to, <laughs> kind of. Anyway, my friend Doc runs a, a really rad organization called Refresh Collective, and he teaches kids in the inner city how to make, produce, write, record, and perform music and specifically hip-hop. And um, it's an amazing program, and anytime he's reached out for anything, I've always said yes. I've done a, a few, um, a few like, gigs with, like, backing as far as, like, bass or guitar or making it playing in the corner while they do other things, like, anything to help out because I've seen the kids in this program flourish and become amazing musicians and songwriters and rappers and performers, and it's a really, really cool program. And I'm really happy to see stuff is taking off. And they have an annual benefit at the Bop Stop called Hip Hop at the Bop Stop. And they wanted to act in between. And that's going to be us. So C-Level is going to play a set. And then we're going to play with the kids. They're going to rap over our stuff. And then we're going to perform one of their songs at the very end of it. And everything that is raised that night goes to help them. We are even, we are even going to chip in by donating any merch money that night to the uh, to um, refresh collective 
So, Thursday, July 21st, we are playing at the Bop Stop Cleveland, Ohio for Hip Hop at the Bop Stop. Make sure you check it out. It's going to a good cause. And uh, lastly, if you can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on the podcast platforms, it helps me, or one of them, it helps me keep talking to cool guests like Dusty and sharing his insight with you. So without further ado, oh, and Dusty's got a podcast too. Make sure you talk, uh, check out Dusty's podcast. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dusty Grant. Like, wh- how did how did it how did you become a songwriter from a, a, a song like as heavy and like do uh, I don't want to say doomy but lyrically maybe doomy as like smother to oceans? Um, you know, smother. Where I wrote that at a time when I was super angry, um, and I was in like a metalcore band at that time. And over the course of you know just growing up and maturing and you know, experiencing loss and, you know, dealing with mental health and all that kind of stuff as I've gotten older. Um, the, the songwriting just kind of morphs to wherever I'm at in my life. And I always try to write very honestly about, you know, everything that I'm going through. Um, so it's just been kind of the natural progression of as things have happened in my life and as I've experienced stuff that I've, you know, my, my writing always kind of reflects what's going on in my personal life. Like I'm a very open and transparent guy um and i try to i try to do that with my music as well Hmm. so it was like uh when you were in this like metal band like were you listening to songwriters at the same time like kind of observing uh like observing the form of or or the approach in that way or was it like was there a pinnacle moment where you're like i can i can be heavier in a way with material like this you know, I I think it, a lot of it had to do with my influences, you know, like around the time that I was writing that stuff, I was very young, you know, I guess compared to where I'm at now. And I was I was a little angrier back then, um, you know, and I'd gone through some stuff in my life where I really felt like I got screwed over pretty hard. Um, so I, you know, that was kind of a cathartic way you know, get some of those feelings out, I guess, without doing something destructive to myself or somebody else. Um, but I've always been a huge fan of heavy music ever since I was young. And, you know, I kind of started out doing, you know, hard rock, metal, metalcore, you know, most of that is what I kind of started as. And then the solo project, I went solo acoustic, obviously, because it was just me. Um, but then as things kind of progress, you know, we're doing the full band stuff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it's interesting, like, coming from a band. So coming into, like, from a band, like, this us-against-the-world kind of perspective to, like, hone it, to step away and just kind of hone in on yourself, was that kind of a, was that, I guess, that, that approach into it, was that because of the situation with the groups at the time, like, someone's moving, or, like, it's easier to play out of town? To, <laughs> like, if you just play yeah. by yourself, that's how... <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a combination of things, honestly. You know, I, there were guys I didn't get along with, um, you know, and guys that I was in a band with, you know, I'm kind of finding out, especially as I tried to maintain friendships and stuff that were kind of toxic to me. Mm. Um, so I, you know, I got rid of those guys and, and then I, my wife and I had twins, um, and they were born, they were, they were born prematurely. So we spent a lot of time in the hospital and all that kind of stuff. And during that time, I was really aching to play, um, but I didn't have a band at the time, and I didn't 
believe that it would be fair for me to join a band just knowing that I couldn't commit all the time to it and the travel and the rehearsing and all that kind of stuff. So I picked up an acoustic and I started writing some songs and, and just playing to kind of get it out. Um, so I, it was kind of out of necessity that, you know, I have to play when the boys are napping. I got to be quiet. I can go down to the basement and play my acoustic and they're not going to hear me, <laughs> you know, and it, but it was, it was kind of like a desperate, almost desperation to just play music. I'm like, I can do the solo acoustic thing. Um, and then it started doing okay. And I did start getting on the road a little bit and get some shows booked out of town, which was awesome. And, you know, it all just kind of led to the full band stuff. And I, I just had to make a conscious decision at that time. Like, if I want to play music, this is how it has to happen because no band is going to want the guy with twins. You know what I mean? Right. Like newborn, newborn twins, especially, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry, I can't make it to practice. Sorry. And I don't, I don't, when I'm in a project with somebody, like I realize it's a commitment and I didn't want to waste anyone's time or ask anyone to like make exceptions for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cause I a hundred percent agree with that. When you're, whenever you're like, um, in a group with anyone in general, everyone has to dedicate at least to one, one day, right. To get together and shed shit out or, and like, it, it's, it's a bigger ask than I think people realize. You know what I mean? Like one day, even if it's just one day a week or one day every other week, like that's a very focused couple hours. And like, and at the same time, you're trying to navigate and manage like personal rapport with these people that, and you're like, yeah, I need you to, I want you to back this song. And yeah, there's so many like dynamics (laughs) within a group. Like it is like, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of like out of town dates by myself because it's easier just to go and do it, right? So whenever I see somebody right. kind of take that approach, I'm like, I wonder if, I wonder if it was because of that. But <laughs> <laughs> in a way, it was. You know, I 100 percent in a way it was. It was to the point where it was like, I'm sick of doing all this work and being in a project with people that aren't as committed and aren't as serious about this as I am. They said they were, but now that when it kind kind of comes down to nut cutting time. Mm. Um, you know, you just kind of find out a lot about the people you're playing with. And it's like, I, I just, I'd been let down in projects many times and it was like, this was no different. And I'm like, I think I just need to step away from this for a while. And that's like and one of the hardest kind of do my own thing. Yeah, it is it, like, especially to step out and do your own thing when you haven't done that before. Like, um, yeah. So you, uh, you started singing from like a party, right? Like you just picked up a mic and went for it, and that's that's how music started for you. Yeah, pretty much. I, I had a friend that I was friends with in high school, and his brother was a drummer, and he was a guitar player. Um, and you know, we just have beer bus parties over there or whatever when we were, you know, in high school and college. And they would always pick up their instruments and start jamming and stuff like that. And one night, I just you know probably had a few beers in me and grabbed the mic and started singing some songs, you know doing Deftone songs or whatever it might have been at the time. And, uh, you know, it seemed like we had some pretty good response to it at the party. So it's like from there, it just kind of took off. We we started a band and had decent success, you know, in, in relative terms. But at that time, like, it was just kind of a, an exploration. And then I got on stage a little bit and figured out that I loved it. And, and the rest <laughs> is kind of history from there, you know. It's crazy, like how how one positive, uh, one positive, like 
the house show or, or backyard gig like fuels you for like a fucking lifetime. <laughs> you know what it, I mean? It does. It really does. Um, or even just at a, a successful open mic night set, and you're like, oh, I'm coming back next week. Like I definitely have <laughs> rode that train before. <laughs> like <laughs> you know, uh, but I, I, that's super interesting. That it was just you just kind of picked it up and would like did you like sing at all or have any musical like inclinations before that like happening or no not really, really? i i i you know i didn't i i didn't play guitar you know i took some piano lessons when i was super young but didn't remember any of it yeah um and i and i always just liked music and like i was really diehard about it and i could always remember lyrics and i always sang in my car and you know i always loved singing and so I just was like, fuck it. I'm going to pick the mic up at this party and see what happens. And then it, it just kind of went off. And it was like, all right, that's what it takes. And so I just started leaning into it. And it's just recently that I've been doing like actual formal, you know, vocal training and yeah. doing warm ups and singing scales and doing all that stuff. But I, a lot of what I've done has been mostly self taught, you know, just kind of doing what I felt, writing, writing a lot of stuff that sucked realizing that it sucked writing more stuff you know and just kind of learning from my mistakes and and getting out there and trying to do it as opposed to talking about doing it I think you learn a lot more from just doing it even if you're not you know even if you're not maybe fully prepared there's never really a perfect time so it was like all right I'm just gonna go for it and and that's all I've been doing and I still kind of have that mentality it's like let's get out there and do it and try it and see you know Right. Well, and that's, I think that's the biggest, like, the, the biggest step forward to do it. And it's just fine. And, like, it, it, like even when you hear your voice on a mic, some people are really like, oh, well, that's, you know what I mean? So, you know what I mean? Like, so the, yeah. to kind of dive into that and listen back. But it, it seems like you, uh, you have this mentality of, like, just kind of like, the, just from our brief conversation so far of seeing where you are, seeing where you're at and going forward with it. And that's such a hard kind of mentality to get to be able to like positively look at your what you just made critically be like, well, it doesn't work. That's not good. Yeah. Let me do it again. But, you know, without being so torn apart with, by that, like, ah, oh, you know, so many people like give up after that first like it wasn't good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because um, I totally relate to that. And like um, – I believe when I was going through your, your with uh, through your discography, it was up from here. I'm like, I totally, I know, I know this is the song. I get, I get this guy now. <laughs> like that, like whole, like just going at this process and kind of trusting that that approach to it and knowing that success or per, yeah, a perseverance will equal success to some degree is if you just keep hacking at it, you know, and like, yeah, <laughs> like, but <laughs> now. It, you did martial arts too, right? Do you think like did you do that before music, or is that like kind of a process through? Um, I kind I started it when I was in my late twenties. I was having some serious personal issues and stuff, and I needed something constructive to de- dedicate my time to, and a and a constructive way to kind of channel my anger. And I I was always watching, you know, UFC fights and watching Pride fights and watching all that stuff. And I was like, I want to learn jujitsu. And so, so I just, I joined a gym and I started training, um, and I trained for 11 years and now I'm at a point where I've been injured enough and stuff like that to where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm getting a little older 
and I can't risk my, you know, I can't risk my long-term health for it. Um, yeah. You know, I had some neck neck injuries and stuff like that. And it's like, I can't, unless I'm getting paid to do this professionally, which I'm not, I have to, I have to be a little more, you know, a little bit more considerate of taking those kind of risks because it is hard training and there's a lot of live sparring and stuff like that. So I, yeah, I, I made it to Brown belt. Um, it was my goal to get my black belt when I started out. Um, but I, you know, I may end up getting back on the mats at some point, but I, I don't know when that will be, you know, just kind of depending on how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's definitely like, I've, I'm a huge fan of like martial arts and Bruce Lee in particular and his like philosophy, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like more so how, uh, how the, the, the mindset that comes with that type of practice. Cause that's so applicable to any type of practice. But, uh, um, I, I, I tried to, I tried to in one martial arts class with my sister, um, a long time ago and I was playing guitar at that time and like, they're putting you in these holds and I'm like, I don't like how you're bending my wrist. <laughs> like as much as <laughs> yeah. I love this, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I took a lot of injuries and, and part of the reason I've kind of backed off of what I was doing is because I was noticing, you know, my hands were hurting. I had, I got developed some tendonitis from playing mm. guitar and doing jujitsu. There's a lot yeah. of grips involved, like really, you know, really difficult grips and stuff like that. And it puts a lot of strain on your arms. And then I had the neck injury and I started feeling tingling going down into my fingers and uh, stuff like that to yeah. where it was affecting my guitar playing and my hands were cramping up. And I'm like, I got to pick one, I guess, you know, <laughs> um, and then there's, you know, music yeah. kind of feels like a dead end all the time anyway. But I knew that the martial arts thing was like, I'm not getting any younger. Um, and then, you know, I'm not sleeping at night because of these injuries and stuff like that. And it's like, I got to get, I got to get some semblance of my life back just because I'm a guy that when I commit to something, I commit to it a hundred percent and I'll always take the hard rounds and I'll always do the hard sparring and all that stuff. And I know how I am. So it's just like, man, I, I think it's better for me to just maybe steer clear of that environment for a little while and let my body heal up. Yeah. And that, that, that like, that's like stepping away from the band. That's a hard decision because that's such a, it is when you're in that grind of, I get better at this. I can see growth there's that dopamine spike of, Oh yeah, I can keep doing, you know what I mean? Like it's so hard yeah. to like, especially when you enjoy it too. And it's a, a healthy, positive thing <laughs> to step away yeah. from it. Um, it's been hard. I, I I've been like, I've been, I mean, honestly, it's caused me some, some anguish just because I, I'm a guy that likes to set goals. And when I set my mind to something, I don't stop until I achieve those things. But this is like a, you know, a limitation that I have to accept. Like you're, you've been in combat sports your whole life, you know, your neck can only take so much damage. What are you doing? You know, I got yeah. some x-rays and I got some MRIs and stuff that were very like kind of damning. And the guy was like, I can only tell you that the more you train, the worse this is going to get, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And yeah. it's like, ah, man, I'm not sleeping already. I can't, I can't <laughs> keep doing this. Fuck. Oh my God. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> That's... Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that I, it's it's one the neck the bet that that how connected everything is kind of freaks me out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah, (laughs) whenever there's like a cervical, like a spine injury of any kind, lower back, mid back, neck, that kind of stuff. It's like there's all these other 
all these other issues that come from that. And then you start, you know, you start having to deal with those and it's just, it's like a, it's like just, it snowballs into this thing. And it's like, man, I'm kind of tired of being uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how it, like there, there's this like amount of uncomfort that is exciting and like uh, riveting, like it drives you in a way. You know, if you get through this uncomfort, something pays off. But yeah. the strive to get to comfort, right? To like whenever you're doing reps, working out, whatever. As soon as you're like, oh, once I get that thirty, I'm done. <laughs> Getting to, yeah. you know, what I mean, like the return to comfort is so is so endearing and like. It's that dopamine, like amplified, and but but to never get to that would be, or to have like a prolonged uh, distance of that would be insane. Like, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's you know, it's it's kind of like, yeah, it's like what you're saying. It's like kind of like shows. Yeah, you know, I yeah. I, put, I put a ton of pressure on myself um, to perform well and to put on a good show, and and I work tirelessly to the point of like almost just destroying myself because I, you know, I do take it seriously and I just care about it, Yeah, you know, and, and I want to do well and I don't want to walk off the stage knowing I left something out there ever. And so I work my ass off to be prepared for shows, but then you finish the show and it's like, Oh my God, I'm so relaxed. That was so awesome. We made it through. We didn't completely fuck it up. Like let's party. Let's, let's relax a little bit. Let's celebrate that we, you know, we did this together or whatever it is, but it's, it's, it's similar to the, the training thing. You know, I'd go in there and spar with guys before fights and like, be like, man, I held my own with a guy that fights professionally. Like that feels pretty good. I mean, I'm hurting, but it feels pretty good. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a very similar thing, strangely. Yeah. Well, you, it's, a, <laughs> I definitely agree with that. The amount of like time you put into like making the flyer, promoting the thing did i did i do the right algorithm approach on the facebook event no let me research and how that happens four hours later i need to tweak that you know what i mean it's, there's yeah. so much that goes into it and especially when you do what you're doing you're playing out of town like i do like small out of town gigs at the moment i'm trying to work up to bring in the band and that's yeah I, like seeing your approach i'm like oh He's he did it too. Like I, you know, what I mean, like I would talk with a, a buddy who was a promoter. He's like, "Yeah, we'll get you a show trade." I'm like, "Well, I'm just gonna go out there by myself and meet some people, and then bring the the homies in and see how that goes." And it, it pans out <laughs> eventually. Yeah, and yeah. Since... I, I've been doing like I, I yeah I, I've I've been doing like I've been getting a couple acoustic offers to play solo, and I'm like, I guess I'll take those because the the band shows are harder to get now, man. It's expensive. Yeah. To tra it's yeah. expensive to travel, you know, to, to haul a trailer and do all that shit. And it's like, and it, I understand venues can't always pay too, you know? So yeah. it's like, we're in this weird limbo with the full band thing a little bit booking, but you know, that stuff is kind of beyond my control. Like I can't make people reach out i can't make people book it it's like i just have to do what i can do to keep growing it and just try to stay true to my like my game plan and believe in it you know whether or not it's going to work who knows but it's like you you have to make your mind up and you have to go for something and and adjust along the way definitely definitely and i think that's make or break for a lot of like groups that just kind of start and no one because that position you're in kind of forwarding everything you know what i mean like handling all the the songwriting and uh, and the creative end of it right and the business end of it as well as being a parent 
<laughs> I mean, there's so yeah. much there's so much into that that you have to segment that time and be that focused. Did was there like was there a particular individual that kind of gave you this 100% in mentality within your life? Um, you know, I, I think it starts with my parents, you know, my parents for sure. My dad was always a super hardworking guy. My mom always held it down at home and I was always impressed by my dad's work ethic and stuff like that. And he always did things with character and things like that. Um, and then sports, you know, understanding that like, you know, I played football and understanding that like you have to be there every day this summer if you want to play. Like you don't get to just show up and run out of the tunnel and be the star unless you put in all this work that it takes to get there. And I've just been able to apply that to the music thing because I think they're very similar, you know, weirdly enough, like martial arts, sports, anything like that, where you're trying to like achieve these goals, they don't just fall in your lap, you know, because you're, because you want them to, you know, you have to, you have to put in the work, you have to do the like the symptomatic things, you know, you have to play scales, you have to sit down and sing scales, you have to learn the marketing, whether you want to or not. And that I mean, it's I think it's a combination of my, you know, my parents and and sports, honestly, that it makes that makes a lot of sense. Like, I even noticed like when uh, looking at live pictures and live videos of you guys, you guys all wear black, right? You have this uniform. I had a whole discussion with a buddy of mine from this band, Tree No Leaves, about uh, about being in uniform and how that kind of unites a group and makes that team effort and so like kind of unspoken, and like how how that pans out musically, and uh, yeah, it, it, you you're 100 percent right with uh, it's it it's it's being at it's getting the good grades so you can play you know it's putting up with the booking I guess would be the the same the the equivalent of getting <laughs> the good grades you know what I mean like. Yeah, sending emails where people are like, "Yeah, I, I, that makes sense. Okay, we'll try you out." <laughs> like, yeah, oh, the man. booking is the word I, to I me. Know. To me, for the music as an independent artist, man, the booking part of it is not. It's not even close to me. That is the worst part of it. It's yeah. It's such like. That I, I can handle like doing doing this and like press and trying to I can learn the format the image the fit the flyer I <laughs> I learn what yeah. fonts work best I'll watch any like psychology of that but when it comes to the emailing for the booking because it's so like the void you know what I mean you're just mm. sending stuff out you're like I'm, this is getting closer to that day I don't want to just drive through town <laughs> well yeah and you and you're and you're sitting there doing the booking and it's like. It's just the most humbling experience in the world because there's just there's just gatekeepers in the music business, yeah, whether people yeah. want to acknowledge it or not. And if the gatekeepers, if you're not buddies with the gatekeepers or, or you're not buddies with the gatekeepers, buddies to where someone will make a connection for you and you're just like going in completely cold to a new area or you're a new rock band and you've been a solo artist and you're now you're trying to book a big band. It's like these it's just so challenging to get, you know, connected to these gatekeepers and people can say whatever they want. But the fact of the matter is like, if you want to have a chance in music, you're going to have to network and you're going to have to make connections. And so it's, it, it, but it, it takes away from playing and writing and, you know, doing all your stuff. So it's just, it's, you have to have a lot of balls in the air. And I always find myself, you know, cussing about the booking, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> that it's definitely the worst. And like, like yeah. you're saying, like, 
Like, but once you make that one connection in whatever, once you play in Columbus for the first time and you meet like Scott, yeah, right, he can at least send you to a person who knows Scott. You know what I mean? Like, or it, yeah. it kind of, it, but it's the, those first bites that are so crucially important, and that's playing in those basement shows or whatever, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. My 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 solo acoustic. I I did some very very suicide mission solo acoustic stuff like where yeah. i didn't make any money i played to empty bars all that but like it still looked good on the resume you know like yeah. i was posting flyers where i had 25 dates booked and you know 15 of them were out of town yeah. so you start to like build this profile and people are like man this motherfucker is dedicated and he's willing to bite down on his mouthpiece and just plow ahead and just just get them one by one if he has to, and that's how I am. It's like if I got to go out and get them one by one, then that's what I'll have to do, you know? Because I love to do it, and I like to do things full speed if I'm going to do them. So that's it's just like I I try to have that mentality, but it does it does wear you out, you know? You have some it does it does put you through some some mental anguish quite a bit. I've been dealing with it lately, you know, like yeah. I the last week or so I felt really like disconnected and I find myself like sometimes getting too focused on the results Mm -hmm. instead of the process itself. Like, dude, all you can do is record this song, the best of your ability, do the video to the best of your ability, get the coolest graphics you can run your marketing game plan. And it is what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. instead I'm like, well, I want a hundred thousand streams on this platform and I want this and this. And, and it's like, I focus on those results too much. And at the end of the day, I really do believe it is like you put the stuff out there. If your music is good, you know, at some point people are going to, it's going to catch on and you, you know, you have to be happy with gradual growth, like this yeah. viral, this viral world that we live in now. It's like, everybody's looking for the, you know, the big moment where they just blow up all of a sudden. And it's like most of the artists I know that have made it, it's been a grind, you know, and I, I think that's I think that's something you just have to embrace if you want to do it. Definitely. Well, and that's the thing, like you that overnight that um, with anything like when you put it, especially something you're creative and have passion behind that you spent hours creating and like like th- those techniques, those marketing plans, they do work. And it's, but it, it is the, the actuality I think is like, it is a slow grow. Like even like, it is. I, I did an interview with Kevin Eastman. He's the guy who made the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You know what I mean? Like as epic as it can get. And then like, I put it out. I'm like, oh, this is so many people are going to be like as pumped up as I am. And I look at it in the first like week, it was only like 20 people saw it. I was like, Okay, checked. All right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sl- humble again. Right. But slowly that changed. You know, I look back at it and there's 100 and then yada, yada. And like, and, he, and at that point, I stopped. It took me a while to kind of like put, put, put that number aside because I, I definitely believe in what you're saying. If you have a good interview, if you have a good song, if you have a good, a good chunk of presenting something authentically that is either um, entertaining or uh, engaging or educational, it's going to take off. And the moment may not be now, but eventually it will. And, like, it sucks because, like, with Spotify and how that algorithm works, it's like, well, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Like, but it it will, you know what I mean? Like, and, like, but I guess it also takes that rose-tinted view, right? 
And I don't know if, yeah. like, coming up now with how music works, I don't know if, like, people see that the same way if, if you came up with without internet for a little bit and being like, you know, Ian MacKay played in basements, you know, and made their own <laughs> thing before people cared about them. And, but he did. Well, I almost <laughs> wish I was in that. I mean, I almost, yeah, I almost, I almost wish I was in that environment because I know if I get in a room with people, you know, I can sell them on who I am. You know, right. I, I, I will, I will put everything, whether or not I execute to a hundred percent, that's out of my control. I'm a human being. I'm going to make mistakes, but I will go out there and give it everything I have every time. And I try to be as transparent and as authentic as I can possibly be to my own personality and goals and journey and that's all i can do you know yeah. and i need to I, it's hard as an artist these days to keep that in perspective you know yeah yeah definitely. everybody's trying to get a viral tiktok everybody's trying to get a viral spotify everybody's trying to get a music video that gets a million and it's just like it it, it almost takes away from the art aspect of it and i've actually been letting myself get caught up in it a little bit too much because I'm a marketing guy, you know, yeah. I do marketing for other bands and stuff too. Okay. So I'm always watching, I'm always watching numbers. Right. And it just like, it just, it, 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 it starts to grow and grow and grow. And then all I'm thinking about is a marketing strategy or all I'm thinking about is a launch strategy or a design for this band or how I'm going to do the campaign or whatever it is when I should be focused on like, how can we build the narrative, the narrative around this badass piece of art? the best we can like what's the best way to make people that are interested in this style of music like buy into the narrative and make them feel like they're a part of it and i and, and i i i know that's the way but sometimes i get away from the way because it's like ooh, this might be a shortcut oh this might be a way to get these streams up a thousand more oh this might be that and then then you've kind of lost the reason you do it in the first place. And sometimes, you know, but you have to be aware of the numbers though. I mean, yeah, yeah. You have to, you, it's like, it's like this weird balance, you know? Definitely. It's definitely the, the yin and yang of it, right? Those numbers are huge, maybe digitally, but how many people showed up to the show? Well, I couldn't have got that show unless I had those numbers. You know what I mean? Like there's so much like they both, they both matter. And like, um, so that's interesting. I didn't know you did a marketing for other bands. Is that just through this process of doing it for yourself? People were like reached out to you and you're like, I can help you. Or was it something? You yeah, were doing I, I you was, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've always been interested in it ever since I started being in bands. I liked the, I liked the marketing and advertising and administrative part of it. I'm a little bit unique in that because I know a lot of artists are if they could get rid of all the social media and marketing shit and just create, they, <laughs> yeah. they would. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, I like, I like having a hand in that. Um, so I got pretty good at it, just marketing my own music and doing it all on my own and just learning. Um, so I had some producer friends and some bands that he'd worked with and stuff like that. Be like, yo, these guys know nothing about this, but this is a really dope song. Would you be interested in helping them? with their social media strategy for this launch. I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that because it's something I'm interested in. Mm. Um, so I did it for a couple bands and then slowly but surely, like over the last year and a half or so, I've started to pick up more and more of these launches where bands will just bring me on to kind of like hit the easy button on a release so they yeah. can focus on rehearsing and focus on their social media stuff and all that. And they know that all the administrative stuff is just taken care of. 
Right, right, which is the kind of the the getting signed dream again, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it it is. I mean, and the fact of the matter is, it's like we talk about it, but the numbers matter. I mean, yeah. they do matter. And if your stuff doesn't look professional in yeah. today's environment, someone's gonna scroll right by. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's like that's what that's what I mean. Like that's a hundred percent. Like you can't get the gig unless. You can't develop that crowd unless you kind of have it already, and that it's yeah. But it's it's such a weird, weird like approach when you dive into. I would love to pick your brain on some marketing stuff at another time. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I'm in. Um, I, I love to. I like. I. It's weird. I've got a couple of independent people that I've done interviews like this where they're like, "Well, hey, I uh, I give this seminar at the college I teach at, and we are doing a music marketing thing. Like, do you want to come explain your philosophy on this?" Sick seminar and yeah. i'm like is, yeah i'm like well, i don't know why you're listening to me but yeah <laughs> like I'll, I'll tell you what i you know it, it, i'll tell you what i know and i'll tell you what i don't know and it's like i don't know how a song is going to react if your song isn't good it doesn't matter what kind of gimmicks you're using right you exactly. know i tell everyone I, I tell everyone at the beginning it's like your assets have to stand up to the people in your genre that are doing what you want to do right you know your stuff has to compete with that. And if it's not there, then don't come to me to do the marketing plan. You need to allocate whatever assets you have towards building your profile to where someone like me would need to get involved, but you're not there yet. You know, I won't take people's money unless I think I can help them because it's just, it's just not interesting to me to do it. And just to like, be predatory on independent artists because that is just me putting the worst karma in the world out there. Right. And I just won't do it because I've been fucked over a million times <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I just don't. I know what you mean. Like that. I remember I signed up for one group that was called like guaranteed productions, which should have been a red fucking flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Learn- there's no guarantee. <laughs> Just to learn some <laughs> shit, you know. Um, yeah. And the child that was, they would book out of town for you, and they did a couple, and then they disappeared. And I was like, ah. But um. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely. It's inter- But that kind of goes back to that self-checking, right? Knowing, like, listening to yourself and listening to that tune and uh, song and being like, that's good or that's not good. There's so much of that self-knowledge that even when you're doing marketing campaigns, that that kind of where do where do I fit in musically? How can I better? align myself with this already kind of uh, established market, but be individualized. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Those are huge questions. And like for people just jumping into it, they're not, that's not clear. You know what I mean? Like, no. And it's very intimate. It's very yeah. intimidating. And to be like, I'm kind of like the black keys or I'm kind of like the Led Zeppelins. You're like, what? That, like, uh, but you got to kind of think in a way like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, well, who would you say your band sounds like? And I'm like, well, I don't really want to say that because yeah. we have a lot of influences. But it's like at the end of the day, when you're, you know, when you're pitching editorials, you need to know what genre you are. You need yeah. to know what niche your niche, niche, whatever people call it. <laughs> like, I, you need to, you need to understand that that is going to play some factor into what you're doing. Like if you're if you're pitching your stuff to R and B and you're actually a hip hop artist or you're a you know a trap artist or something like that, you know people are going to hear that and scroll right by it. Right. But if you're in there with other artists that are somewhat similar to you, 
you've got a chance to to earn to earn a new listener and that's one of the beauties of the environment we're in now if if you figure out a good way to get your music out there like i find new bands on spotify every day that i listen to religiously now which is a sweet opportunity that we as musicians have you know right right and that okay so going back to the 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 diy days of of golden olden days right where you'd have to make your yourself your your single and hand it out to everybody now now it hands out itself to some degree um yeah a little quicker a little quicker (laughs) yeah if you're lucky enough i mean i i read something that said there's an like an upsetting amount of songs on spotify that have zero streams yeah and it's like we're sitting here competing against these people and they're muddying the water for people that are taking it seriously. I think there's a lot of artists now because the barrier entry is so low that there's a lot of artists out there putting out shit content and it kind of hurts all of us. You know what I mean? Like they're putting out very unprofessional recordings and it's not saying they're bad, right? You know, don't get me wrong. I'm not attacking them or their music or anything like that because I believe everybody has an opportunity if they put their best foot forward, but it's like, people releasing music before it's ready or understanding how to even release music. And then I try to release something that I've been working on professionally. And it's like, I got to compete with all of that noise, you know? And it's like, it it just makes it harder for people that are taking it seriously to stand out. You know, I, I do believe the, I do believe the indie musician scene is, I think there's a lot of laziness. Uh, to be completely honest with you, just, you know, the bands that I've worked with and stuff like that have been great. Um, But there's a lot of people that aren't on a level where they think they are and they're not willing to put in the work to get to the level where they want to be. And then they, and then they complain that they're not at that level. It's like, you got to do the work, man, period. There's no magic. There's no magic button. Like you got to do the work and that's it. And if you do it, and if you and if you don't get even if you do it wrong so long, eventually you're gonna figure out why you're doing it. You're like, it, but it has to be there. And like, you know, I never thought of it like that. But you're right because like I I've recently been talking with uh, people in the local scene about just like content stuff or whatever. And they're just like, yeah, dude, content, content, just put stuff out. I'm like, well, if you're just putting stuff out, right? If you're putting out 25 minute ambient jams, like I I didn't think of it in that perspective. Because uh, I I just learned this thing about um, how you can find your population or popularity ranking in Spotify. Like, oh yeah, I've never I've never seen that. So I've seen people talk about yeah. it, but I've never I, I don't know if I have the heart to look. I I didn't I didn't look at myself because I know my band isn't very high. But a, but a band like Maroon Five, they're at eighty eight. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're, and like they're not even the most popular. Yeah, they're not even the most like I I don't even know who would be. And like I'm sure there's like um, that has to fluctuate as in like oh Kanye just put out a new release. Of course that's gonna be now number one or whatever or the Beatles still exist but like you know what I mean like it's it's crazy like I never thought of it like that because that definitely makes if they're still 88 and there's more shit coming in every day that's like ambient ambient. they're not even number one what the fuck is going on is there any chance for me like I'm probably number seven billion (laughs) like yeah (laughs) definitely 0.2 if that's that's where you yeah I I don't even I don't even hit the chart it's humbling (laughs) yeah and it's but you're sitting there and you know you're you're being like you know i i've personally been passed on for opportunities 
uh, by people saying your music is great, but your numbers are not. Mm. And like your numbers aren't, your, your numbers aren't where they're supposed to be. So we're going to pass. And is that like, it's like, is that like show opportunity, radio opportunity, radio opportunities, booking opportunities, management opportunities, stuff like that to where I've like put myself in front of the right person. Um, but you know, they say, I don't have enough of a story. It's like, well, what do you want? You know, I've been doing this shit for 22 years. I've built this thing myself from the ground up with blood, sweat, and tears. (laughs) Like what, what do you want for a story? Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what story or, you know, and then it's, you're too old this or that. And it's like, you know what, man, I'm just not going to listen to those people. I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And if they, you know, if they ever come to me, sweet, let's talk. But if not, like I, 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 I've been real tired of just chasing it and chasing the the results and chasing the skatekeeping thing to now where it's like, I have more of a mentality of, I just want to put out good shit and try to get it as in front of as many people as I possibly can like this type of music and the cards fall where they may. And it helps me sleep at night doing it that way, you know? Right. Well, it goes back to the, the just being yourself thing, which it takes it takes all that self analyzing and kind of like self uh, almost deprecation deprecation in a way to like uh, like be okay with it. You know what I mean? Like at the end result of all the kind of like punching down on yourself and to build it up, right? You're you're yeah. chipping away at the block to make the the statue. And like but that's what comes out and it, it's the process of that and that that happens mentally too. Um, yeah, doing like it's inter. When you were doing like more acoustic shows, are you doing like like the couple hour like bar approach, right? Or like are you doing like the forty five in a in a, like a original bill? Like, I was doing forty five on an original bill. Okay, and, and it was it was strange because I kind of came from the metal scene, and but my a lot of people heard like a country influence in my music too and i was like well i'm cool with that because i like country music too and it's like so i started getting booked on really like eclectic bills like i would i could open a i could open a death metal show or i could open a country show or i could headline a rock show or whatever it might be and i that's i just started leaning into that and just booking like as an original act playing 30 to 45 minute sets for the most part Nice, because like, I like uh, the reason I bring that up is because like doing those like two hour to four hour bar sets, right? That like that for me, like it fucks up my voice. Like, and yeah. like now that you're you're taking like vo- vocal lessons and stuff, is that kind of like a preservatory? Like, are you having like a more like difficulty not losing your voice, or is it just a honing type of uh, approach? It's more just like. Uh, working to try to improve it, you know, like not, not being satisfied with where I'm at and trying to be like, okay, well, I think if I could improve my range slightly, or if I could have a, you know, an adequate warm up before I perform, I can have a better performance. You know, I don't deal with a lot of like vocal strain much. You know, the only time I ever really noticed that is if I'm maybe shooting a video and, singing really loud trying to like emulate what's going on on the recording right or if uh you know i go to a venue and it's super loud and i've been yelling all night trying to talk to people 
That's yes, the same. Yes, that's the fucking worst. It's the best yeah. because you're on that. You're on that. Like, oh, we finished the show. Yeah, man, I love you too. You know, but like at the end. Yeah, and you regret that shit because you're like, you did strain your voice singing. Probably you did work it out, and now you're yelling over the top of a PA for the rest of the night with someone yelling directly in, in your, your ear. ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that I mean, that's mostly where the strain comes from for me. But a lot of it was like I didn't have any technical training as a singer or anything like that you know right. i wasn't in choir i didn't do any of that stuff so it's like now it just interests me hmm. because i'm i'm a musician you know musicians are never happy with where they are like i don't know any guitar player that thinks he's good yeah. like the best guitar players i know are like i suck i'm fucking terrible <laughs> compared to this guy you know and it's like i'm the same people are like you're a good singer i'm like i'm shit i'm the worst singer you've ever heard in your life like you should see this guy sing and it, you know or whatever it is yeah. like i'm i'm never satisfied so i just like i started finding some scales and started finding some warm-ups and started finding some exercises online and on spotify and stuff like that and nice. i've just like incorporated them into my rehearsal routine and I've noticed results from it. So it's like, okay, even as monotonous and boring as this is, it is helping, you know? So no, <laughs> you just got to bite down and do it. It's trust in the technique. It's trust in the formula again, you know? Like, yeah. do you do the lip roll things? The... Always, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. I always do them. I, like, I'll have the band in the car when I'm warming up on the way to a gig or something, and they're Me like, and the other singer in the band are just doing the lip rolls, doing the thing, and everyone's just rolling their eyes and like, "Oh my god!" It's like, "Yeah, you guys laugh, but it's magic." Listen man. to how listen, yeah, listen to how we sing tonight. It's like, man, we sounded fucking great tonight. I'm like, yeah, You're it's welcome. all that stupid shit I did in the car. <laughs> I always feel so weird doing that, like, <laughs> but the lip yeah, rolls, man, they're they're lifesavers. It's so weird. I don't. Like I, I've I've talked it over with some friends who, uh, my friend George Hartwig, who taught me the lip roll technique and like who taught me guitar and singing approaches. Um, Sensei George, he like uh, like, it's it's so bizarre to be sitting down with someone who's like, so this is how you present, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. And you're like, like, but it works. <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah, so happy. It, it... Yeah, no, like I like the, the like I've got the the girl that sings in my band, Buana. Yeah, has got an amazing voice, and her and I really started incorporating this stuff. Like we have like kind of a ritual together nice. to get our voices ready and stuff like that. And now it's become like now it has become a ritual. Like before I sing, if even if I have to do it on my way home from work in the car or whatever it is, like before I'm gonna rehearse, I will always warm up because my performance is always way better when I warm up properly. And, you know, like yeah. you gotta, it's just like anything, man. You can't just show up for a football game. Like you gotta be warmed up when the time, you know, whatever it is. And it's, so your voice is no different. I mean, it's a muscle. You have to, you have to work on it. No, definitely. And it, you definitely through the show or through the next show, feel the benefits of it. Um, yeah. So working with a band, like, so from coming, like, doing writing all by, like, and hitting it all by yourself, like, I noticed with Oceans, there's, like, it's it's different in, like, the in a very different, like, production way and, like, kind of a songwriting way, like, but yeah. it's still you. Like, it still matches what I've listened to before it. Like, so working, like, I, it was with the guitarist, right? You guys kind of really yeah. harped on ideas. What was that like, kind of stepping from... 
writing by yourself and then working with someone? Like, what were some of the like writing like approaches they took that kind of made you reanalyze what you do? Or did well, they it, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a relief yeah. and a welcome and a welcome step for me. Honestly, like I'd been, I'd been kind of pulling the weight all myself. Um, and just the fact of the matter is that Jason is a million times the guitarist that I'll ever be. So it's like, why wouldn't I let that guy write the guitar parts instead of me? He's got 32 years in, I've got seven. Of course he's better than me. He's a, he's a, he's phenomenal. And so something, you know, we, we had a, one of our friends was killed in a hit and run. Um, and he was one of our, you know, mentors and a really close friend of both of us. Um, and we were playing in the band at the time and he wrote the, you know, the guitar parts and stuff for oceans. And I wrote the lyrics for oceans, you know, shortly after our friend had, had been killed and we hadn't heard each other's thing at all. We just kind of on our own had written some stuff. And then he's like, well, Hey, I got this riff. He's like, it's not going to work for my other band. You want to check it out? And he sent it to me and, and and then I had the lyrics for oceans and I started singing over it and I was like, man, this fits perfectly. And so we got in the studio together and realized that we have a really awesome chemistry writing together. So he and I have written a couple others and I'm sure we'll write a bunch more um, that we're going to be recording really soon, but it was welcome for me. You know, I like to challenge myself. Um, and I like to work with people that challenge me and Jason definitely does. He's a, he's an absolute beast of a musician and songwriter. So it was like, I wanted to, I guess, see if I could, you know, write on that level. And, you know, oceans really was a, a really heartfelt, tough song. And Jason and I have been friends for a long time and it was the first song we wrote together. So the universe just kind of was like, Hey, you guys are working together now, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, based on what thing, you know, and, and lately I've been, when those types of things happen, like I don't, I don't fuck with the energy that the universe has given me. Like if it, if the universe is telling me to, to go in this direction, I just go and I don't ask why. And, and so we wrote this and recorded it and it's, it's done really well. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, we've got a bunch of other stuff that we've got planned, but it's like, I, I think Jason and I are like just scratching the surface of what we can do. Um, so that's, you know, it's exciting. That's bad. There's definitely the lightning in the bottle, like meeting that person, like in any sense of it, 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 even just the people who the guy is going to like stick around and, and not leave behind the kit. You know, that's lightning that they're, they're passionate about like what you have to say. And like that. So that, um, kind of diving into like when you're in the studio, putting the song out, like, is there any, like, production stuff that he like because i noticed the vocals like i can't tell if it's a harmony or a double but there's some there's some really cool vocal like uh something you added to your vocals on on oceans that really stuck out in my brain i'm like i hear that but i don't know what it is um so was there like things like that that uh were new to you in a sense or well well i I had been doing some of that vocal because the i'd been doing some of that vocal production stuff before on my solo stuff um, because we did actually record Oceans with the same engineer that recorded most of my solo stuff. He's an amazing producer named Chris Dawson. And he and I have been friends for a long time. So Jason and I went, because Jason has a studio as well, our guitar player. So he and I went in the studio 
put together a demo of it. Um, but you know, I did some doubles, I did some harmonies. Um, I, you know, I did all that stuff on my own and then went over to the studio and, and tracked the stuff. And then we sent it to the producer and he's like, well, this song's done. Like, he's like, we don't need to change. We don't, like, we don't need to change anything in this one. He's like, let's just track it. Um, and so he helped produce the vocals even further. Okay. You know, he added kind of like the, the distorted thing, kind of like the, like the bubble on the, like on the verses where it kind of feels like you're underwater or whatever yeah. it is. It, like, yeah. it, 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 it's like, we, we were trying to like really hit this, you know, like this, this grief comes in waves. Mm concept for the song and i and it, he put that on the verse and he's like would you be cool with me doing something like this i'm like absolutely man let's go and so yeah it, it was it was just a combination of jason and i putting together a really solid demo and then taking it to a you know an awesome producer and it, it, and it just ended up being i was really well prepared when i went in the studio you know and i i really wanted to challenge myself and reach some new ranges that I hadn't sang before, um, you know, that kind of thing. So I put a lot of effort into being prepared and it, it paid off, you know, I, I'm really proud of the song. No, it's a, it's a beautiful song. And like the, like everything that's, that's okay. That's interesting. Like now that's more like, that's a, I, now that when I hear that bubble thing, I didn't think of it like with the waves of grief, but that makes her, or the, yeah, the waves like that. I said the right word I'm thinking, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> But that's that's like one of those like producing level like like uh, uh, concepty things that like it takes like that guy who spent forever learning Pro Tools or whatever and like how to get rid of in phase and out of phase shit to amplify that with an emotional piece like that. That's super cool. Um, yeah, he he did an amazing job with it. Like the the demo we had sent sounded awesome, and then like once we took it in there, he just kind of made it like put it on steroids, you know, made it sound huge and made it sound really loud and powerful. And we just went in there and we tracked it in one day and just busted our asses to get it done. And it ended up turning out really, it was a really important song to us. So it was like the stakes felt a little higher on that one, just because we wanted to do right by our friend and, and all of that. And, you know, I, I think, I think he nailed it. You know, he's an amazing producer. One it's, so it also is interesting too, with the, like, um, putting yourself up to another level with another like a thing like songwriting, right? And putting yourself in that uncomfort zone, and being with someone else who's like more more adapt to it. And yeah, I, I, that's that's such an admirable trait, you know. And I think that that only leads to a better self. So that's that's super cool that that was part of this process too for the song, because it really yeah, yeah it really... it's like can I write with guys on this level? Right. You know, can I can I sing with a producer at this level? in this genre and have it stand up to all the other incredible vocalists that are putting stuff out in this genre. You know, it, there's a lot of, uh, you know, imposter syndrome and as being yeah. a musician, as you know, where you're like, you know, you get on a big bill and you're looking around you're like, do I belong here? You know, do I belong? <laughs> like, do I belong here with all these fucking people? Like that guy's a fucking beast. What am I doing here? Right. It's like, no, dude, you're, you're here. You, you earned your way here. You need to be grateful that you're here and put your best foot forward and, and, and showcase yourself the most, the best you can. You know, it's, 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 but it's like, I'm, I'm always like that. Like I, I don't, I don't have much of an ego when it comes to someone telling me something doesn't sound good. You know, if a yeah. producer tells me, man, you can do that better. 
all right, let's keep going until I get it right. Right. You know, um, if someone tells me that part's too long, that part doesn't fit, whatever, like, I don't have an ego about it. It's like, it's about the song. Right. We want the song to be as, we want the song to be as good as it can possibly be. This has nothing to do with ego. It has to do with good songwriting. So let's leave the egos at the door and understand that things can change when we go in the studio and the producer is going to tell us stuff and it might hurt your feelings. And like, even if it does, you have to be like, okay. And you have to step up when it's your time and, and crush it. And then it's like, you mold yourself into a stronger artist by putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't like when, when I'm recording stuff and like he's uh, with the, the guy I'm working with will be like, yeah, that was it. I'm like, let's do it again. Anyway. Like I, I got so, so on, <laughs> on like, I, that can't be right. That was only, like, we got to keep doing it. I, I, you know, I got such in that workhorse, like, mentality of like i, I was that way you know I mean? I, 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 yeah I, I was that way for forever forever i'm like he's like no that was it bro i'm like let's play the let's play the bridge again he's like no we're not playing the bridge again he's like you got it i'm t-, he's like i'm the producer i'm telling you yeah you got it you're paying me to produce this song move on you know and i'm like that's in and he's you know he's being funny about it but right. he's also like telling right. me like dude i'm listening with a producer's ear you got it. Move on to the next thing. And so now when I go and he goes, man, I'm digging that. I just leave it. Even yeah. if I'm like, man, I don't feel great about it. He's got the ear. Right. He can hear if something is two ticks flat. He can hear if something is, you know, I can't necessarily hear all that stuff. I don't, I don't have as nearly of a student ear as he does. So it's like, you're, you trust this guy to produce this song. Let him produce it. Let him do his job you do your job, you know, and, and it's like, you, you try to have that mentality and it just goes smoother and the results are always better. Def- definitely. And it's, it's a whole nother style of listening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, but it's also finding that guy you trust and that guy who actually wants to help you not just like keep making money for the studio. You know what I mean? Like there's a yeah. difference in someone's genuine, like, um, when you're in a bill, when you're playing for like a bigger act, and like me and my bass player, we've we've lucked out. Knock on wood, we've got some really cool like opening acts. Like we've been working, we've been working at this for like ten years, and we finally yeah. we finally got a couple yeses. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, and like that's such a good feeling. But like at the same time, you're like, well, how do I strategize for that? Now, do you find like I personally think like you just want to go there and be yourself and maybe try to match the crowd. I don't know if that's right though. What typically has worked for you? You know, I, it started for me last year. Like I I went on a tear where I had like, you know, we played with Danielle Nicole, who's a a Grammy nominated blues artist was our first show of the last year. And then we played with Daughtry and then we played with Ken and then we played with Candlebox then Blacktop Mojo. And then I got an opening spot solo acoustic for a dude from American Idol. And like, I went on this, I went on this tear last year where I just had a lot of these big shows. And honestly, the biggest thing is taking good care of yourself, you know, keeping your health in check, getting exercise, drinking plenty of water, trying to get plenty of sleep and rehearsing your songs until you are so sick of them that you never want to play them again. (laughs) Like get, get it, get like, just get in the fucking studio, get in the rehearsal room with your guys and flesh it out 
and play and play and play and stop when you need to clean parts up and do all that stuff and prepare yourself to the point where it's like it's muscle memory you know if you can walk out on that stage when you get started like of course you're going to be nervous i mean that's why you're there right right yeah this is why we all do it we want to find out what that feels like but it's like if you know that you left nothing on the table you know you know Every fucking minute I had to prepare for this, I spent preparing for this. I've been hell-bent on making this performance happen. And then you walk out there, and instead of being nervous, you're like, all right, I'm going to go out here and do what we do, and I'm going to make this crowd eat out of the palm of my hand. You know, you got you got to go out there and be confident because you put the work in. If you didn't put the work in, you can have that confidence, but it's going to be fake. And the crowd can feel it. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. if, if, if you're, if you're slap dicking it and, and you're, you're, you're slacking and you're not putting in the work to be ready for it, there's a million other bands that want that opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's like, I want to be working at this shit when everybody else is sleeping and know that, that, that nothing is left to chance. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do what I do, what I'm prepared to do. If I make a mistake, I'm human. Keep going rely on my rely on my preparation you know that that's the mentality that i had to have and i was super nervous and i dealt with a ton of stage fright and a ton of imposter syndrome during that time but i always leaned into it like all right well this means you need to sing more this means you need to practice this means you guys need to have a second rehearsal and that's what we did and it and it, it all it paid off you know we had good performances we had good showings and we were proud of it knowing like we did everything we possibly could. That's badass. Like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hyped up now, man. Like that's <laughs> that, well, that, I, that's my best advice I could give you, man. Like if you're if you've got some big opportunities coming up, like this is what you've worked for forever. Put in the hard work now. Do the work so when you get up there, you can go up there and enjoy this moment that you've worked for and showcase what you're there to showcase. You know. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I appreciate that advice so much, man. And of course. Like, like um, but it, so I guess, I guess um, kind of grand concepting it. So it's kind of like, I, I um, when you're opening for like a blues artist, you're still doing you. You're not doing all your bluesy shit, or are you adding, right. blue, or are you bringing up your bluesy shit to match your shit for that night? Maybe putting it back American Idol night. Uh, well, he well, mo- yeah, most of the most of the shows like. The blues artists, they, they had us on this concert series and they were like, we want you to represent rock this year. Gotcha. Okay. So, so they, wanted us, they wanted yeah. us, they wanted us to play rock, but we do have some bluesier southern rock style stuff. So it fit pretty well. Um, the solo acoustic gig, I just went up there and did what I did for, you know, four years. I just went up there and told jokes and told stories and I was super honest, honest with the crowd and honest with myself (laughs) and the crowd, the crowd dug it. You know, they were like, who the hell is this guy? Nobody knew who I was. You know, it was a bunch of American Idol fans. But (laughs) after that, you know, I gained, I gained a bunch of, a bunch of new people that are like, you live in Wichita? And I'm like, yeah, I've been here for, you know, (laughs) I've been here for 18 years. Too bad it took an American Idol guy to let you know that I live here. But I've played 600 shows in this fucking town. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, it is. It is. 
it it is like in a way the the coolest thing to be like yeah i've been around here but also the most demeaning at the same sentence you know what i mean (laughs) yeah you're like i've been working so hard to develop this market and nobody still knows (laughs) (laughs) but dusty this is this has been an awesome conversation man i really appreciate your time um before before we wrap it up um do you uh do you have a new single coming out after Oceans? Like I saw there's a video lined up. So let's kind of talk yeah. about what you have coming up. Uh so the next song drops this Friday the 17th. Okay. Um it's a song called When It All Crashed Down. Um it it was it's actually an adapt an adaptation from one of my acoustic songs that I had on my Trapped Ear EP. Um but I got together with the band and we kind of put together a full band, like hard rock arrangement of the song. And we started playing it live and people were like, you guys got to fucking record that. You guys have to record that and put it out. Um, so that's what this one is. Um, but it's, you know, it's a song that I'm so proud of. And it's a song I wrote about, like, you know, you can hide from your shitty behaviors all you want, but eventually you're going to have to own up to, to all the shitty stuff you do. And we as humans, like you can't hide from things. You have to accept, (laughs) you have to accept your mistakes and you have to own up to your mistakes and you have to, you know, you've got to persevere through that stuff or whatever. And, but this song's super, like, it's fairly negative, like gloomy song (laughs) about, about, about basically like when you hit rock bottom, because you can no longer, you know, you can no longer hide from your demons type thing. It's it. There's a magic to when a group of people, especially if it's a new group, right, or just ain't when when a group of uh, your friends or people you're working with bring that message to life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you're trying to describe the fill, but you're a guitar guy, you can't say I need paradiddle triple whatever. Like, and then they just do that thing that's in your head. Like, it's yeah. such a magic, like special thing, like. That's and like that's badass that this next one is really highlighting how tight you've gotten with this group and like it how is. much they bring out your message. Like the other They like, do. I, I like dude, I like I think yeah, the people I play with, I'm constantly in awe of them and I'm like in the rehearsal spot just going, I can't believe I get to jam with these people once a week. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. can't believe they even like me enough exactly. to play music <laughs> with me, like or anything like that. You know, I'm always like super humbled by them every time we get together so to have this and this is the first track that my friend Buana and i have sang on together but we've sang together for years and years and years and so this is like it's kind of special to both of us that we finally have something recorded together you know yeah that's awesome (laughs) but i I definitely agree with that 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 just like why are you guys here this is so awesome thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah like you guys like yeah. me enough to do this shit if you guys are gonna go to arkansas with me in a van okay <laughs> let's go um do you... i don't know why you guys are doing this but <laughs> <laughs> we'll have lunch i think <laughs> like hopefully yeah, we we'll make like enough maybe. for that <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe uh, i can get us another room yeah <laughs> we won't all sleep in the van i will yeah, good night friends yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I just, I always consider myself lucky, man. Like I've been in a lot of bands where one or this guy or that guy has rubbed me the wrong way. And in this project, there hasn't been any of that, any negativity that's come around. We've cut it out quickly. 
and and it's just it's been super positive so i think it has to do with a lot of our age and maturity and it's just like i it's an absolute pleasure to play with these guys so that's awesome that's like it, it, i've been i was geeking out last monday when we went over new stuff with my group and it's just it's just that that's such a hap- cool feeling and i wish everyone could feel that type of support you know um, oh yeah but uh what else uh, any sh- uh, when's arkansas when's the show that you guys are... um, we we played in Arkansas oh, on the 29th. Okay, okay, yeah. I've got I've got a couple acoustic gigs lined up, solo acoustic gigs, but I think Jason's going to play some leads with me. Sick. Um and then I'm working on some shows, but I don't have anything in pocket right now. I'm kind of in a weird place where where booking is, you know, booking the machine is getting tough because you have to have, you know, you can't just travel 5 hours and 5 hours back for hundred bucks anymore right. right you know like it's it's getting super expensive to travel stuff like that so i've been trying to be pretty selective on what we play but that doesn't mean that we don't want to play like i want opportunities and i want to get out and play it's just like we're kind of in this limbo where we're trying to get stuff booked kind of trying to figure out the logistics of what we're going to do there so hopefully hopefully that'll all come together here soon because i well, I do this for the shows, so if I don't have shows lined up, it kind of stresses me out. I've, <laughs> yeah. been, I've been in that place like for a couple of weeks now, where I'm like, man, we got to get some shit booked. But it's um, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to be patient, and I'm just trying to trust the process and be like, just keep releasing good music that you're proud of. Everything will fall into place when it's supposed to. You know, be patient, and I'm not a very patient guy, so that's hard for me. I definitely re- <laughs> relate to that so much, man. This is this is hitting a little like too home. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you uh, uh any podcast? Because I know you got your podcast. Any uh, new episodes or um stuff with that coming out? I don't have anything on the books. You know, okay. I I did that podcast kind of during COVID, um, just because I had to cancel a bunch of shows and stuff like that. So I started doing it, and then I you know, 32 episodes later, I was like, holy shit, I have a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But it got to the point where, you know, when the music thing started picking up again, I had to pick because I just, I only have a limited amount of free time in the day. I just, I kind of tabled the podcast for the moment just because it was taking up so much time. Um, And now it's like, we're using that time to rehearse, write, do marketing for the singles, stuff like that. So it's like, I, I just have, it's, it's not that I don't want to continue the podcast because at some point I know that I will probably. Uh, I'm just in a place right now where I just don't have the time for it. It's definitely, it's definitely like I don't, when you're bringing someone. I, I don't know. I like to do a stupid amount of research, and like that definitely takes up time, especially when you're trying. Yeah. To, like you, like you said. Um, but uh, that's awesome, awesome man. Well, hey, if you ever like swinging out in Cleveland, let me drop me a line, man. I would love to catch you live or help you put something together, whatever that looks like. Awesome, man. Well, hey, have a good week, and I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you. 